life in three dimensions got me bent and got me twisted. I don't want to set a lot, but I should probably stop pretending. I don't really hold the key and I can't really push a button. I just step up to the mic and try my very best to bust it, but I ran out of breath. It's tight in my chest. My feet just might fail. I can't stand up. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. You're listening to Racially Speaking, where we have real and honest conversations about race as it's viewed through the lenses of faith, family, and vocation. As always, I'm your host, David Phipps. And rejoining me once again, I feel like it's always been a minute, aka way too long. But uh, yeah, back with me is, uh, here's all my nicknames. I I love cranking these out. My uh, prodigal (laughs) co-host, Mr. Two Chains. The social justice cowboy, Mr. Wyatt, John Mark Walker. What's going on, brother? That's right. Hey, I'm glad to be back. Yes, sir. Good to be back on the mic with you. What do you think about the nicknames? Those are great nicknames. Yeah. Um, two chains. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, mm. I love, you know, I love the social justice cowboy. So yeah. I'm going to be rocking that. We need to get a little more capital so that we can crank out some some merch. Yeah. I'll yeah, send it. Too. I'll send it around you. Yeah, I'll send it around yeah. you. Some cowboy merch. Yeah, yeah, that'd mm. be nice. Yeah. Um. All right. Look, it's since it's been been so long. Obviously, stuff is always happening. We missed the boat on some things. Well, a- according to you, we're not obligated to speak up about things right in in the moment, which I appreciate you saying because I always feel like I don't want too much time to go by. Um. I mean, we're obviously always going to miss some stuff, but before we get into that. Let's. Uh, I got two games for us to play before we get into the conversation. One will segue us into the conversation. But um, so, do you ever? Uh, is there anything you do that annoys your wife? <laughs> is there anything? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why? Why? Okay. Okay. Well, I won't. I put you on the spot. But one thing is, it's all appropriate. But uh, one of thing course. for me is, uh, I, I like to say, I like to ask hypotheticals. And Caitlin, no. <laughs> uh, she she hates it. She nice. she will never entertain it. She's like neither, or I'm not choosing. I'm, that's not the question. Like that's I, awesome. would, like the would you rather's. She <laughs> she doesn't entertain those. Um, that's awesome. Mine is uh, mine is I always make her guess. Um, you know the guessing game. Like oh yeah, she hates what? that. I did this. Guess what or that? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but hypotheticals, yeah, I get that. I love the hypotheticals. Like, would you do this for the rest of your life, or have this, or you know, X, Y, and right. Z? And she she hates right. like I'm not choosing, or like, or just simple like who's better, you know, her her what, different musical artists and stuff like that. I can't believe I haven't asked you about Taylor Swift because you're the Swifty. Yeah. Um, well, who are you going to compare her to? I, I almost tried, and don't, I knew that you were going to say something else. Yeah. Don't, no, I'm not. I'm not. I would not dare. Don't say Beyonce because I I will not compare those two. You won't, okay? <laughs> you know, they are they are two separate stars in the in the sky. <laughs> that's another that's another podcast. It's <laughs> another conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Did you uh? Are you, do you have your movie tickets? Movie tickets to Taylor's con- concert? Yeah. I don't. No, I should get those. I'm. I, I thought you were. I thought you were Swifty. I, you know, I, I'll wear the label Swifty, but, uh, it's hard to get out to the movies. I, I literally just watched Barbie last night. Okay. So I'm oh, like okay. so far behind, which is okay. Yeah. That's okay. I don't have to keep up with movies either at this point. You're fresh but, out of the Mojo Dojo Casa house. 
yeah i loved it i love i thought it was hilarious um yeah loved it but yeah so that's where i'm at with movies yeah. if it, if whenever they stream it i'll watch it um i, I just I, got but one thing one thing about taylor swift though i she is producing that movie her and her people are producing it themselves they're putting it out uh-huh. they in separate contracts with the movie theaters uh which i was impressed by because of all the strikes the, the writer strike and the guild uh, strikes okay. so i was like okay yeah. Taylor's making that's a boss move she's making she's always been making boss moves though but anyway interesting fun fun swifty fact <laughs> we'll have to do a swifty episode Swifty. I don't I'll know. Have to bring in, I'll have to bring in Caitlin. She's uh she went to a concert in Pittsburgh. Well that's great. I don't know. I don't know if talking about Taylor Swift is kind of in line with what our podcast platform is about. Yeah. You know, we yeah. can make it work. We can I mean it's it a culture. It's part of a it's part of a culture, the culture, yeah. but mm. yeah. Yeah. You already threw Beyonce under the bus, so we've lost all we've lost under the bus. Of- what are you talking about? I love Beyonce. Yeah. I love Beyonce. What do you mean on the bus? Her last album was amazing. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty quick. You're pretty quick to make sure I wasn't going to compare. Oh yeah. People love to do the Who's better Beyonce or Taylor. I'm like, yeah. you can't compare those two things. It's like right. uh, apples and oranges or, you know, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. They're both right. Great. What's speaking better? Of, chocolate speaking of the comparing, <laughs> you know, back to my game, the thing I like to do is the hypotheticals. And also I like to say um, the opposite. I'd say I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. And uh, I, I, I've started to say it enough that Caitlin will sometimes know I'm about to say it. And she's like, you wouldn't do that for a million dollars, would you? I'm like, oh, that's no, awesome. I would, no, I would not. That's awesome. The most recent thing is my uh, uh, Ollie, seven-year-old, is really into swimming. He's doing that um, even uh, in the wintertime now at the aquatic center locally. But anyway, when you're, when you're watching him in the pool, there's also a bunch of high dives next to us, like high dives. Like, I mean, these things are like 30 feet, 30, 40 feet. They look like, yeah. and I, I remember watching some kids go up there practicing, um, their dives. And I just said, or I'm with Amelia, my four-year-old watching. And I just said, Millie, I would not, I would not do that for a million dollars. I would not even, I, 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 nope. Not for a million really? dollars. So you want to go off the high, high dive? For no, the, for man. Yes, you like, would. That absolutely <laughs> yes, not. That is so uh, high. A million, you would go. No, a million. I'm telling you, man. So okay, so that's <laughs> you're the, definitely so, gonna live. You're definitely gonna live. So you I don't would know. definitely. You've not I seen would me force die. you. If you were, if it was a million dollars on the line, I'd force you to climb that and go off that. <laughs> well, my question. So there's a couple more things, but what is there anything like? What would you not do for? What would I not do? Like what, what's your thing? <laughs> There's a lot of things I would not do for. So you would jump off. You would jump off one of those high dives. Oh yeah, yeah, for I, sure. Are you afraid of heights I, at all? I do it for five hundred bucks. I do it I, for. I do it for fifty bucks. I do it. That's my next question. <laughs> fifty bucks, like fifty feet up in the air, no chance. <laughs> yeah, I you know let well, I I have I have a question. Is it safe to just you know pencil just straight down just, you know I don't have to go yeah. head first right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd do it. No, no. <laughs> I'd do it if there's a good chance I'm gonna live. I just okay, we talked sure about that. I feel like it was bring up movies. Um, what is something like? Would you ever? What if you can never watch another movie again for a million dollars? For a million dollars, never another movie. That's a million dollars. 
you know what? I can answer that for you. I think it is an emphatic yes because you don't see very many movies. Well, I, but I do love movies and I love stories. But it's um, a million dollars, though. It's a million dollars, though. Mm. Yeah. 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 I'd have to weigh that. I mean, I'd be saddest about Marvel movies, but um, mm. I think I could go without movies for a million dollars. That's a good I thought, question. I'll have to think of some of these. What would I not do for a million dollars? Anyway, that's a peek into. Uh, I like to bring up those hypotheticals, and Caitlin just says, I'm not answering that. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> granted, granted, I can ask it at pretty annoying times in her defense. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like me and my guessing games. Mm. Guess who I saw at the grocery store today? Yeah, <laughs> it can be annoying. <laughs> just no hints or anything. Just guess. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. I I entertain it because she'll say that to me. Like, guess guess what? Or yeah, guess who I saw today? And I love it. I'm like, hmm. And like, it's fun to see who I like. Who am I going to say? And then right, we do the right, hints right. and, you know, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do it at annoying times. That's my point. Yeah. Timing. Timing is everything with those. those yeah. <laughs> Three kids are screaming and I'm like asking your silly guessing questions. Yeah. <laughs> it's not kids, the time. Kids, be quiet. Be quiet. Hey, I got a question. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, life in our man. house. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's with the playful mood, but I'm, look, here's game number two and it's going to launch us into the main content. So we're going to do this last week, listeners, and then life happened and we had to postpone. Um, but obviously more time goes by, more topics go by. So I got, I got three options for us and I'm, I'm blindsiding uh, John Mark with this. But uh, John Mark, you get to choose. Do we want to talk about uh, Alabama, the Alabama Slamma? The brawl, aka the brawl that took place down there um, on the boat dock. Do you want to talk about uh, racist NFL owners, Ooh. or uh, or do we want to do? Oh, what was the third one? I, sh- I should have wrote it down. Um, or do we want to do the Blind Side and the Tui family? Speaking of movies, okay. I'm. A, I want to talk about how many do I get to pick. I think we can do a whole episode on any of them, to be honest. I, I, let's right. just do one. Let's just do one, and right. uh, we'll okay. see where let's we land start, the other two. Let's start with the um, Alabama brawl. Okay. Um, I'm sitting on a folding chair right now, and then let's go to um, <laughs> <clears throat> let's go to uh, the uh, racist NFL owners. You said. Oh or yeah, was it coaches, For, owners. Was it owners, owners or yeah, owners? owners? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that. If we have time, let's get to that. One. Probably coaches too, but definitely owners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, the uh, Alabama brawl down in Montgomery happened. I mean, what is it? It's not months ago yet. Six weeks? Four weeks? A month ago. A month one ago. One month ago. Okay. Yeah. One month ago. Um, I, John Mark, do you want to give a brief rundown of what happened? Yeah, let me For see. people that might do, not know. How do I describe it? So it was in Montgomery, Alabama. Yes. Um, on the riverfront, um, there there was a ferry that was full of people that was trying to dock in their reserved spot on a dock. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a small boat, a family's boat, and it was blocking their spot. And so this, uh, the captain and his first mate and all the crew were trying for uh, some long amount of time, like 20, 30 minutes, to get them to move their boat. They talked with them. The family said no. We're not moving our boat. Yep. And so then um, so then the skipper uh, 
got into a boat and he, someone picked him up and he got off on the dock and he was going to move their boat themselves. And as he was doing that, um, I think after he did that, after he moved their boat, uh, the family came back and they started yelling at each other. I'm sure there were very nice things that they said. And, uh, and then, um, one of the guys swung on the skipper. He threw up his hat, which now is a symbol of it's go time. We're going to fight. And then mm-hmm. they started fighting and he got jumped. The, the, the captain of the boat or the, um, the uh, skipper of the boat got jumped. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was like five on one. The women on the boat were kicking him while he was down. Some dude came in flying. Yeah. Um, and the thing that makes us want to talk about it is uh, the, man who worked on the boat was a black man and the family is a white family. And so it looked like a group of white people were beating up a black man in Montgomery, Alabama on the dock. Um, while he was being beat up, uh, one man from up on this ramp came running down and kind of, he jumped in the middle and he kind of did this defensive, like football move, um, was like trying to protect him, but yep. the dude was still getting kicked because there was only one guy. <laughs> Um, and then another man, one of his coworkers on the boat, also black, jumped in and swam in his like tennis shoes and full uniform, swam from the ferry to yeah. uh, to the to the dock to jump in and help him. Do we want to um, ru- do we want to run through? You you go ahead. Okay, and then it picks up later. The fight continues somehow. I, the videos are like chopped up. So then the fight continues somehow. And more people come in and crowded and start uh, beating on this family. And it kind of balloons into this thing. I've seen several videos, so it's hard to make you know, a cohesive story about it. But eventually, somebody got hit with a chair. And, uh, and then yep. the police came in and, and broke it up. Yep. So that is the, yep. that's the story. Great synopsis. Um, all, this, all this, everything you said and more is on video some of them might have gotten i don't know taken down or chopped up since then like you said but i've Mm -hmm. seen everything you said i meant i saw visually so it's not just so we're clear to anyone it's not following story there's no idea what we're talking about um it's all on video was all like nothing you said was oh i heard this happened or it not even stuff we read about like it is vividly videotaped all this happened was taken from uh, myriad of different angles by people. So yeah. I'll fill in. I'll fill in not some gaps, but some even just contextual things that make it important of why we're even talking about it. Is that yeah. yes, this is in down in Montgomery, Alabama, um, on a ship dock that came out that used to be used to auction off slaves. So there's a lot of history, literally, and irony there of how this is even happening, and. Uh, to me, a big, maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but a big backdrop is just the audacity for this to take place. All, all these videos uh, were, were filmed by the black community watching. Like there was essentially like a whole ferry boat of spectators. There's people up on the, the stairs and the, the bridges, the overlooking the dock that were just there yeah. already, already just naturally there because it was a normal day watching. Like every, yeah. it wasn't as if these guys even, it would have been, you know, still just as bad, but the audacity element of these, this white family thinking that they could, you said, you said, uh, 
I, I don't know if you said they kind of jumped. They they literally jumped him. Like they go out of yeah. camp for a second after arguing with them back and forth and just jump him. Yep. Um, I, you know, and I've heard, you know, all witness, of them. All witnesses, yeah, witnesses saying they were calling him, you know, the N word. I heard somebody say that they said, you know, I'm going to kill you. Well, uh, you know, they, you know, it's on tape. You can see him. They're yeah. jumping him. I don't know what yeah. you would think is what you think is going to happen. Um, if you've seen, seen the videos, all, all this happens and just the audacity to, do that in front of all these people watching people, his community, broad like, daylight. like broad daylight. watching in broad daylight crowded pier. Yeah. on crowded a crowded dock. ferry boat in the water. <laughs> yeah. As you know, they're in the water, so they couldn't, you know, they were watching, screaming, saying like, you know, help him or, or whatever. And then, like you said, the, his coworker jumped in and swam over there to jump in. <laughs> he swam fast it. too. Oh He's yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, um, destroying, destroying stereotypes that black people can't swim. He got there. <laughs> Absolutely. Seconds. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> with, with shoes on, with like full uniform shoes on, right. that man can swim. Yeah. And then, of course, the signaling, the, the bat signal, or uh, where he threw up his hat, throwing yeah. up the hat when. The bat signal. And his name yeah. is, uh, his name is uh, Damien Pickett. Um, I don't know what, I don't know about a bat signal. It's, I've never seen somebody throw up their hat when it's time to fight, but you know, it's, hey, it's, it's just, just stuff. It's, thick, yeah. it's just stuff that I enjoy reading that I heard, I heard <laughs> the bat signal or the black signal. I don't know. Yeah. Well, he um, did call somebody, some aide came to him, some random guy came running down. Well, that's what I'm saying. Random. And so I, as the non-black guy on the podcast, I, some of the elements I've got to admit, I, I enjoyed reading about as a, as a viewer of what happened in just the black community's comedic response to some of the stuff, most notably, um, do you have any favorite nicknames of the guy who swam well, across? Yeah. Adam? Aquaman is hilarious. Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. Aquaman. Um, uh, I can't, can't think of any right now, but, uh, since then we, so we joined a pool this summer and, nice. uh, there's a whole history of race and pools and they were public. And then, and they started to integrate public spaces and then they closed all the pools and then they're all private. So that's why Random. That's, that's why we're all paying for them. So we joined a pool, a private pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many black people at the pool. Um, and there are even less black lifeguards. And so, uh, mm-hmm. let's see, school came back in session, college students came back in town. Um, and they were still open for like two more weeks. Right. And, uh, I go to swimming on the pool the last day of the season, we're going to swim. And I look up and there's not one, there's two black lifeguards at my pool. I turn to my wife. I'm like, "Look, Aquaman!" Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, so. Okay, my person, my personal favorite is a uh, Scuba Gooding Junior. Scuba, Scuba Gooding Junior. So good. That's hilarious. It's yeah, it's hilarious. So uh, yeah, Michael the, the Michael B. Are, Phelps. Yes, Michael B. Phelps. Michael I heard B. that Phelps. one too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so good. I mean, some of uh, some TikTokers and uh, Instagrammers were in their bag with some of these. Yeah, there's yeah, a couple long lists out there that I can't remember. They weren't all on the money, but those those few come to mind. Scuba getting juniors too good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, we kind of gave the rundown of what happened. So why, John Mark? Why is this important to to discuss in all seriousness? Yeah, it's a good question. I'll answer this question too. I think a, I think a good question to ask about all of this is. Why is it entertaining? Why is it amusing? Um, are people celebrating it? Like question mark. Like why would you celebrate when there's a fight? Um, I think when you take it in context and the history, like you said, the area where 
um, black bodies were brought in, black people um, deserving of dignity and life and prosperity and happiness, just like anybody else, were brought in and enslaved. And that's the history of this place. And then even more recently, Alabama was, Montgomery was one of the uh, hot spots for um, civil rights abuses of black people um, by the government, by um, white communities. Um, and so, and, and it's not, it's not like it's all healed, right? It's not like it, oh, that's all in the past. No, um, I think uh, the recent civil rights moments that we had uh, in the wake of, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and others, um, I think that has shown us that we haven't come as far as we'd like to think we have as a nation. Um, so there are still places where uh, black people can be, can violence can be done against black bodies and uh, appropriate uh, repercussions won't happen. Appropriate punishment, jail time, or arrest won't happen. Um, and so to see this moment where there was a black man doing his job, uh, they went about it the right way, and then um, he was jumped. And he was jumped in broad daylight, and they didn't get away with it. And not only did they not get away with it, a community came around him and defended him, protect him. And then they took it, you know, they took it to another level and I don't want to say too far, but they took it to a place where I don't know if I would have. And they beat, beat the other family. They beat them back. They physically yeah. punished they them. Hit, they hit back before the police could come. So, um, so, uh, it's significant because, uh, this, we don't see this happening in America very often. Um, we often see, uh, a, um, a mob or a group jump a black person. And then that's the end of the story. Mm. Historically, that's what we've seen happen. So uh, the significance of this moment is just that it's it's not typical to the story of America. So, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if it's worth celebrating. It's kind of like a dark humor, um, or or there's some dark pleasure I think in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's 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 why I think it's culturally relevant. That's the relevance of it. So. Mm. Yeah, what do you think? Why do you think people are... How, what do you make of the response? Uh, similar to you and a few of the... Um, my few of my other friends, I, I talked about it with closer to when it, when it even happened. Um, uh, my black friends, by the way, I got a... Uh, you know, I do have black friends. Um, just kidding. But uh, yeah, no, seriously, I, I think like the... I'd wonder if you have any more thoughts with this. Like, do you feel at all guilty as a Christian feeling like innately a little bit celebratory that this happened? I mean, I'll just be honest. Like I, so I, as a non-black person, I, I got to keep it all the way real on here. Uh, but somebody that is in these race conversations a lot um, and fighting for these very dynamics that are at play in this, in this incident, I think it, it felt, I don't know if therapeutic is the right word, but it felt good at times to watch those guys come back and start it back up with that white family on the boat. I'm not condoning, mm -hmm. like I'm not, I don't, I don't even want to say condone. I'm conditioned to just speak a certain way, I think. But I, I 
did not not enjoy watching them hit back. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy people mm-hmm. getting hit. I really actually really very much don't like violence. I really don't. Um, mm-hmm. But there was something about watching the that second wave that really actually started the brawl. Those guys coming back and finding that family on their boat and hitting back literally. And what I mean by that is because you said that the family didn't get away with it. I'd, I'd argue that they really did and they were about to get away with it because like you said, the police hadn't gotten there. Or yeah. I don't even know if they've been called or whatnot. That family, maybe they were rushing. It didn't look like they were rushing, but they had the audacity to jump him. He got away and then they're just on their boat, you know, yeah. sipping yeah, on martinis yeah. still, yeah. sipping on cocktails on their, on their boat that started the fight in the first place in parked in the spot that they were told to move from in the first place by Mr. You know, Captain Pickett trying to do his job. And then they have the audacity just to sit there still acting like, hey, there's actually not going to be any repercussions. We can, we can jump a bike man in broad daylight and we're yeah. good. We can go back yeah. to our boat and vacation. Yeah. And just everything about the walk and the energy those guys brought coming down the dock to find them was just like, it was just like, uh-uh. Like, I, I think we might have some Lord of the Rings fans to listen here. Like, it, it was like, uh, you know, at the end when, you know, Gandalf's coming down with the white horse down the hill. Like, that might sound a little bit irreverent, but it was like, no, 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 no. This isn't over. Like, you're not going to yeah. do that to our, to our family, our guy. Like, no. Yeah. Like, you hit us and harm us and kill us, we're going to hit back. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think I had a problem with that i'm not saying like we should so i think it's important on here faith family vocation so a verse that comes to mind and i think a pushback from a christian perspective is well what about what about turn the other cheek mm-hmm. what about when jesus says you know if you get hit turn the other cheek let him hit you again like where does that come to play in all of this and i think it's worth and it'd be irresponsible not to address that i think so i think yeah I think there's just a lot of play and I want us and our listeners, especially our friends of color to feel free to live in that nuance in that space. Cause I think it's so often we're told you guys started a fight. You guys are condoning violence. This is like, this conversation's over because, because that's wrong. Um, mm-hmm. When there's it, it completely usurps what started here. So we gave a brief, you get, you gave a great summary of what happened, but uh, look, guys, the, the, the historical context, listeners, is this is so much the opposite of what typically happens, right? It's usually mm-hmm. the end of the story. End of the story, jump, uh, black man, black woman gets harmed, killed, and end of story, that's it. Um, and that, that's not what happened here. That's not what this community mm-hmm. allowed to mm-hmm. happen here. And I think that is yeah. extremely extremely important and it it's a it's a cultural it's a moment like i think it's a historical moment that will be continued continued to talk about for good reason and for all these reasons we're saying but again i'll say like it it, you know we laughed the stereotypes of you know black people can't swim you know scuba getting junior blah 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 but it it very much to me i'm sorry i'm talking a lot it very much to me also got rid of some stereotypical beliefs that uh, black people are violent. But I know we know this, but like uh, literally what happened this incident, uh, mm-hmm. 
white people start the fights. They're the mm-hmm. ones that, you know, uh, stir things up. Uh, yeah. They're the ones that should have complied, that should have been professional or polite. They shouldn't have mm-hmm. been hostile. Mm-hmm. And all of this is on tape. Shout out to yeah. the people that did a phenomenal job shooting all this from all these different angles. This yeah. guy is doing his job. He's yeah. a revered person in their community doing his job. Yeah. It's very like professional. You can see all of it. Hey, and it's not uncommon you. to it's not uncommon to move somebody's boat when they're in your yeah. way in that situation. Hey, you can't you can't park. He wasn't your, stealing your boat. their boat. He wasn't doing anything that's nope. unusual, culturally weird, or anything. Um, yeah. He wasn't damaging their boat. He wasn't harming their boat. Yeah. So move move your boat, move your boat, please move your boat, and then it, they literally like the videos I watched. They go out of screen and then run into screen and just start jumping on them and wailing them. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Some guy came flying in out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, your question was, as a Christian, um, is it, so what, say it again, is it? Is it appropriate, like, do you, okay, so for you, yeah, does any part of you feel torn that you feel, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but does any part of you feel a little celebratory having watched what those guys did? Yeah, and do I feel guilty as a Christian right. for it? Yeah, yeah. Or conflicted, maybe not guilty. Do I feel conflicted? Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a fan of justice, and and mob justice is justice. And one thing mm. that didn't happen was I don't think I don't think that uh, that family was like. I don't think the crowd went too far, right, with fighting them back. You know, mm. I don't think they beat them. Nobody died. They didn't like try to kill them. Uh, as far as I saw, um, they didn't try to kill them. Um, so, so surprisingly there was a, I feel like there was a lot of restraint from the crowd. And when a, when a crowd gets in a frenzy like that, restraint is not a thing that happens. You can't reason with them. You can't slow them down. You can't, you have to, uh, physically restrain them or scare them somehow. Got to shock a crowd to get them out of that mob mentality. So, so they were restrained. I don't know why. I don't, it's crazy that that family is, was as safe as they were. Uh The crowd came and beat them back. So, um, so, so justice. So, so I do think that there is like, there are the police officers and the people that we have in society to, to keep order and maintain the peace. I actually don't know if that's in the police officer's job description. Um, but, uh, I'm not to sure. What? What'd you say? To, uh, to maintain the peace. Oh, maintain. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what their job description is. It's certainly a cliche ones, thing to say. It is. Right. So it I'm, is. Yeah. I'm not sure. Not in their ju- yeah or to prevent crimes. I don't know if they're able to do that, but they're the ones you call when something like this happens. But um, in the meantime, you can't let your, you can't let a fellow human being be beat and not step in to do something. So the first man that got there, his, his defense was to protect him, to shield him. Right. So it was a defensive yeah. stance. Um, the three that put the three that came after and started back up again, like you said, they were still there. They didn't try to escape the situation. They relied on um, an old culture that um, they're not going to do anything. Right? This this black man, I'm sure they had other words. There, he's not going to do anything. He's not going to follow up. Yeah, we're fine, right? Um, yes. But they learned a lesson that that's not the way it is anymore. That that uh, passive subservient. Um, culture is not there anymore. Black people will stand up. That's what they learned. They learned today. Um, uh-huh. so 
I don't know, that's encouraging. And I feel like that is what is worth celebrating that, that I see that um, Alabamans and, and black people mixed together will defend another black person. Where in the yeah. past, that would not have been true. So that's yeah. what I'm celebrating. Um, I don't know about the violence. You know, it, it's violent. It's going to happen. People, they brought the violence and then they were victims of the violence, right? If you don't start nothing, there ain't going to be nothing, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so they brought that element and that element was going to be there because that's what they chose to do. That's what they chose to bring. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel guilty. Turn the other cheek, I think, is about, is I think is about a different thing. I think it's about um, personal um, insults and abuse. Um, I don't think that it's about literal physical abuse, and especially not um, when it has to do with somebody else, right? If I see somebody being abused and I have the power to step in and do or say something about it, um, I think that uh, God would have us act on behalf of that person. Why do I think that? I think the story of the Good Samaritan, he stepped in, yeah. the violence had been done, but he stepped in and, and helped with that. Um, I think that God gives us wisdom. God himself steps in to prevent violence. Um, so uh, I think being a parent, um, if if I if I put the turn the other cheek passive mentality to my parenting <laughs> and I see my son hitting my daughter, I'm like, oh, turn the other cheek. I'm going to turn mine too. Uh-huh. Then I'm being a bad dad. I'm not caring well for my children, right? So yeah. if uh, to the extent of power that I have, I should apply it to a situation where I see somebody being abused, right? Um, and, and if they're doing violence and I'm able to put my body in the way of them and prevent them, then I'm going to do it. And I don't think yeah. that that's wrong. I can, yeah, I completely agree. I think that the temptation to always, to have this pacifist mentality, like Jesus wasn't a pacifist. Um, it can be harmful and it's going to be harmful to marginalize people and communities case in point in this very instance. I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I, and I think, I think that passage, I, I did some extra reading on it too. I, I think it has way more to do with like your, your, your pride, like you said, personal insults mm-hmm. and just stuff that's not worth going into almost. Like when uh-huh. you hear something, just say, you know, it, it's it's to encourage a posture of humility, right? not complicity. And it, I think it's dangerous. And, and just taking it out of context, when you try and apply it to situations like this, now I think we should speak on, you know, you made the joke, but sure, you know, a guy ended up at the end uh, picking up the metal chair and beating people over with it, <laughs> especially across the right. line when inadvertently one of the women was hit with it. You know, I, I, of course we're not saying, but, you know, yeah. everyone he grab went, a chair and start hitting people. He went too people. far. Yeah. He did. He, and yeah, shout yeah, out to yeah. some of the police and security. Like, that, that situation could have been so bad. It could have been. Like, it... Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> Like none of them shout ended out up to, in the water. None yeah, of them shout were out to them in the water. Like reprimanded like, people safely. That's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah reprimanding yeah. people okay. safely and no, no. Honestly, I'm be real. No one was shot. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's um, always that one guy who goes too far, and that was yeah, the he went guy. too far. Too far <laughs> sure. He's like, oh no, well, too much guy. Put the weapons and they, down. And they got him. They got him down real quick. They did. They um, got him down. Don't condone yeah. the chair. You know. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying condone violence in in any way, but 
I am saying, I think your examples were perfect. You know, I, we all have that threshold, even if we're tempted to say, oh, just they should have turned the other cheek. I think it, we have to be fair to the situation. And I think it's hard and I get it. It's hard to say that this is like you use the example of kids. Like I'm of the belief, maybe everyone doesn't agree, but you know, if I walk by a classic example, like an alleyway and I see, you know, a young woman being assaulted by, by, you know, uh, a male, um, I'm, I don't think that's a time to turn the other cheek. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it's a, in every way, a moral obligation to interfere physically yep. with that person, whatever that would entail. And that is actually what happened with this brawl, just different timestamps. Yep. Like their guy was, they saw this guy in harm and hit back. They weren't that, you know, they, the answer literally could not have been, ah, you know, uh, it, turn the other cheek, pray for him. I like, I don't think that that's, what that verse is saying and i'm willing to that's why we're doing this like i'm willing to hear thoughts from you and well, anybody, let me, anybody let listening me th- let me throw this at you yeah what about what about um non-violence the philosophy of non-violence mm-hmm. how does that how does that apply in this situation yeah i think uh, uh it's a fantastic question i mean is to me, the nonviolence is more a is a posture towards uh, like it's initial it's an initial posture towards fighting for justice, and the power is put behind words, and and the power is put in the nonviolence. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's different when provoked. Like I, I think, like yeah. I think, I'm not saying again. I'm not excusing. Okay, until provoked, then you can do whatever you want. I'm saying, like, I right. think the purpose of the nonviolence is like to be above reproach, and it's the look. They can't say we're violent because we're not violent. They have yeah. to listen to us. Yeah. They have to see our above reproach, humility, and nonviolent attitude. So they can't pinpoint us as violent. Yeah. You know, people of color, violent black people. You know, because yeah. that was Dr. King's you know main thing. But, you know, people that are standing behind that, I know you're not doing this, is a great, that's a fantastic question. Um, what happened to Dr. King? What happened to Malcolm X? What happens to these Violent. people who are... Uh, they were killed by violence. Non-violence, uh, Black Panther yeah. parties. Uh, you know, yeah. like what happens when they take stands with killed guns? Killed by violence, yeah. Oh, oh when Black Panthers um, know how to use, you know, guns and gun rights, suddenly we know how to expedite gun laws. <laughs> yeah, that's, it was that's, it That's was, what I had to uh, say about nonviolence. It was Reagan. Reagan. Reagan yeah. was anti-gun when the Black Panthers showed up. I yean yeah. we talked about that before. So was the NRA. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When black people get guns, all of a sudden we're anti-gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to the nonviolent, the people who would bring that up, I would say that was a strategy that Dr. King used uh, to shame the powers uh, that were abusing the powers in charge that were abusing black people, right? So. Um, they were supposed to be taking care of their citizens and by being nonviolent and protesting in nonviolent ways and then recording yeah. it and reported, reported on it, then the world began to see, oh, people are not doing as they should be doing to the people in those areas in the South, in Alabama. Yeah. They're being violent in the face of nonviolence, right? So that was a strategy in a time that is not some, some blanket thing that you should respond to all racism with, right? 
Um, even earlier in Dr. King's time, there were uh, other groups that kind of partnered with him or around them. And I use Dr. King, but also the, uh, the student um, SNCC, um, they also uh, kind of use employed nonviolence at the time. But there are other, other groups that yeah. had guns. There were groups of civil rights fighters that had guns that even their presence kind of calmed the violence that could have happened, right? So nonviolence was just a strategy that was used by some in the civil rights movement to shame uh, the, the, the people in power uh, that were abusing them. In this situation, that group had no shame. In this yeah. situation, he was nonviolent, and they brought the violence. They had no shame. They would not have been shamed. They would have been happy to go on beating him and everybody else who lined up um, until the day was over. Um, so in this situation, they invited violence because they brought violence. And yeah. I think it's a, I think that is an appropriate response, um, especially because they weren't power. They weren't in charge of anything to be shamed. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What you said about it, that was great. And I just want to add my little piece um, to, to the uh, pushback that would be like, well, what about nonviolence? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can learn a lot from a lot of, uh, rappers and musicians history i mean my I, I think the greatest rapper of all time is tupac and his his talent and his music but because of the types of conversations and commitment to his community he had i know uh, that was kind of a almost a sloppy thing to bring up because you could do, talk so much about about tupac and what he means but um i'm actually in the middle of watch half of it the uh documentary they did on fx recently uh dear mama on tupac and his mom his mom's life oh really you can learn it was phenomenal um directed produced by alan hughes who's done a ton of different things but he you can learn a lot from a story like his because here's it, it this isn't necessarily unique but for him i'd argue that he you know because he was not a violent uh, like he didn't have that same edge to him early on or, or like he wasn't commentating so much on violence and race and policing until he experienced ongoing police brutality. And there's wow. a giant shift. I mean, and his mom was part of the Black Panther Party and all this kind of stuff, but yeah, it, the, the violence that he and the racism that he experienced from a very, very young age is what fueled his passion for speaking up about it so much so then as he be, so what happens is as he begins to sing and rap about police violence and fighting back against it then they show compilations of him being interviewed and um there was one famous uh there was a guy that was i think found shot dead in his car and to his song tupac was playing in his car and the headlines were they were blaming tupac's music that on wow. him ending up dead this kid this kid <clears throat> And Tupac's whole thing is like, no, 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 no. I, I, I sing and I'm rapping about this whole thing of like, oh, do you condone violence? He's like, no, no, I'm rapping about the violence that's done to my community all the time. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and there are else you condone violence. Like, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't condone violence. I condone not being okay with the violence that is being done and unaccounted for too much yeah. to me and to yeah. our community. So he's like, you know, one of the most misunderstood people on in every way, every which way. But I think you can learn a lot from somebody's story like his and then 
that part's not necessarily unique. That's very, you know, I mean, Lecrae raps about that kind of stuff. Um, just not as in your face about it. Um, but, uh, that was fresh on my mind, but I, uh, I wanted to connect something. I think you brought this up when we were about to do this last week, but just the cultural aspect of something like this happening. And I'm not, I'm usually not a fan of painting with broad strokes, but I want to see what you think about this. I had like a couple threads of things come at me when it had to do, had to do with Alabama leading up to this brawl that I just found interesting. So recently, uh, one of my good friends vacationed down in Alabama. Um, I'm not actually sure why. Um, oh, this is, this, this is one of those uh, million dollars. Uh, me vacationing in Alabama, <laughs> not for a million dollars. No. <laughs> I would yeah. not do it. Yeah, there you go. Not for well, <laughs> They wouldn't do it again. So uh, <laughs> my friend, my friend's black. That's relevant. So they uh-huh. in Alabama. I'll have to ask him why, why they did why? that. Yeah, I'm actually why? not sure. So they did that. <laughs> and they ended up, long story short, leaving early after a very short time because of several uh, racist encounters they had. Like they were like at an Airbnb. And, uh, I, you know, within, I think, the first night they had, noise complaints or something or like complaining about their kids playing um on their lawn or driveway or parking too close to their their property stuff like that they said they had trouble with service and restaurants um and then i think all around which i could have said well what'd you expect about this one part but it was the endorsement of you know the confederacy all around them and and whatnot so they left so okay so that's again i'm painting broad strokes for a minute so go with me, listeners. So that there's that. I'm like, oh man, that you know that sucks. But what do you kind not of not every Alabama, right? Not every <laughs> Alabama. We're not all bad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's the complaint. That's what people will say. Yeah. Oh, well, not all Alabama, but yeah, enough enough that I don't want a vacation there. <laughs> and then this may or may not segue into football, like we talked about. But um, Coach uh, Tommy Tuberville, he's a former coach of Auburn, which is now Alabama which is in Alabama. And he is currently a U.S. governor, I believe, in Alabama. And he was, I meant to pull it up. State senator. State senator. He was, uh, I feel like I'm watching The Office, but uh, he, uh, state senator. He's uh, was in an interview and just flat out asked, do you, uh, essentially, do you endorse white nationalism? And he, uh, again, it's on YouTube. It's out there. It's a short interview goes on to say well it depends what you mean by white nationalism and the journalist was like well i mean that you've and just said the basic the basic definition i i mean that you you know you view white people as the superior race and he was like well you know and just a roundabout well if that's you know how you think about it then no like i don't think there's any place for racism but that's not how what i think christian nationalism is and then he goes on to say um, you know, I've been around. Wait, did you say Christian nationalism or white nationalism? Oh, white nationalism. Okay. I don't think it was Christian. Yeah, sorry. White Thank nationalism. You. Thank you. Um, and then he went on to say, you know, I coached for whatever, 30 years. I, I coached black players 30 years. So like, I'm not, I can't, I, I literally, I think he said, you know, I'm not racist. I can't, can't be racist. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, it's so, I know it's out there, but it's such, such basic elementary. Things just that are because you said. are, around black people and benefit from black people doesn't mean that you love black people. Right. <laughs> so yes. Thomas Jefferson had kids with Sally Hemming. Yeah. Who was his slave. He had yep. children with her. Right. Did he love black people? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? So like, that's an extreme example, but just because you are in proximity, even in relationship doesn't mean that you are not 
displaying racism in some way. So right. And so I say that because again, that's an Alabama State Center. So it's again the Alabama culture talking about that deep South culture again. Um, and also to your point, I'll say that's just a common, just such a common uninformed, ignorant way to address these things. Like I I hear sometimes men who are accused of misogyny will say, Oh, you know, I have a sister or something. It's like, I'm like, I'm a son of a, I'm a son of a mother. We all have, do we all not have mothers? Yeah. (laughs) I think most people think have mothers. Everybody's got a woman in their life. It's just like, it's that, (laughs) yeah. uh, Yeah. The ultimate gaslighting. Um, yeah, it's true. But, uh, Okay, so I, I say that, and I think this is the part you brought up. This is a very long-winded story. Those three things, so the brawl, my friend going to Alabama, having it personally, that, that personal experience, Coach Tuberville, a state senator of Alabama, having that view. Yeah. All that culture just coming to headway, I'm just like, man, I can't make this stuff up. When there's something there that's got to be discussed and unpacked. Um, because I think too often we're bringing up these little things that are happening and it's viewed as like, the, oh, this isolated incident, right. isolated thing. Oh, Coach Tuberville doesn't represent what other coaches think. You better believe he does. He does. Um, or uh, the, these people, you know, aren't, aren't uh, all Alabamans who jumped uh, Captain Damian Pickett or um, – you know, my friend's incident. Oh, that was just him. He must have been in a, a racist part of Alabama. Said, no, 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 no. Like this, uh, let's talk about this. It's a much more, much bigger picture. And you, there's, there's, one, there's one more thing to go along with these. Did oh, you ahead. hear or see the video of, there were three, I think, young men. They were Alabama fans. And they were on the sideline yelling um, racist slurs at, um, I think, Texas players. Um, and it, and it was, some, it was, I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was as bad as you think it is. I don't think they said the N word, but it was like, it was deep racist history mm-hmm. words that they were yelling at him. And, uh, people are dismissing it as, Oh, you know, they were just taunting. Oh, taunting is the thing that happens in football. And it's like, yeah. well, there's these specific taunts are racist. Right. Um, so just to go along with the thing, there's, I think what you're touching on is something that is cultural. And, and at this point I want to say seriously, Yes, not all Alabamans, not all white people in Alabama um, display this, but but there is something there um, that it is a it is a stronghold of racist attitudes, old racist where uh, where you know black people were lower and white people were higher. There is yeah. a stronghold of racist attitudes in Alabama, not only Alabama but throughout the South and even throughout um, the United States. It's still there, and I think we just some places just have a have a um, harder time concealing that racist attitude, um, and I think that's what kind of what we're touching on here is there's you're you're seeing a thread through the the brawl and then your friend's personal experience, the coach, and then these players too that there is a culture that um, permits um, yeah. this type of attitude to grow, and the boat people found out that. Um, you can have that in your house, but you can't take it out on the uh-huh. dock, right? Yep. That that won't fly out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to the coach, but something should happen. Uh, you shouldn't be able to say. Um, it depends on what you mean by white. <laughs> by what was it? Um, 
uh, uh, white nationalism. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what yeah. you mean by white nationalism. Like yeah. that should not be as thin as that comes out of your mouth. There should be repercussions <laughs> for that. There probably won't be. That's probably not going to hurt his voter base because they probably have similar thoughts. Um, the football fans should get in trouble. Your friend should never go back to Alabama. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's what should happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. It brings me to, let's keep going with the cultural thread. I think you brought this up to me. It's something we could discuss. Um, I know we talked about a full state, but do we want to talk about try that in a small town? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So one of the things with that song, try that in a small town. Um, who's the artist? Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean. I don't know anything about him. Um, huge. He's uh, huge. Yeah. He's it's huge. not like I, I don't do country music, but he's not, he's not like an up and coming. There's a yeah, random song by this new guy. It's name. like, he's a staple of the, of the whole, yeah. he's huge. Like as big as you can get. Yeah. 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 So try that in a small town. I mean, it's a song that condones violence in small towns for people who, uh, don't go along with whatever that small town culture is. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's pretty anti uh, the civil rights movement that we had recently, um, anti black lives matter movement, um, marching for black lives. There were, there were clips throughout the video that showed that we don't want you to try this in our town. If you do see what happens, right. It's kind of, is that, it's that like mess around and find out type attitude. Right. Yeah. Um, the thing that is really nefarious in his video is it's filmed in front of a courthouse where a black man was lynched. Um, I think that that's the story. So there's some racist history of the air, the location where he filmed the video. But then the other thing is in uh, former iterations of the video, there were clips from a newspaper um, where I, I don't remember if the newspaper guy, if he was white or black, but he was writing about, um, problems in the civil rights movie, abuses of civil rights in the, in the day during the civil rights era. And he was run out of town and his newspaper was shut down and they showed clips of that newspaper. Mm -hmm. So whoever is, I mean, you have to dig intentionally dig to find those newspaper clips to Mm -hmm. play on this video. So somebody in his organization on his team is displaying some very blatant racism by putting those newspaper clips in his music video, right? And he needs to account for that. Jason Aldean should come up. Say whose clips they were again. Sorry. Uh, it wasn't, it was a, of a newspaper clip. I don't know the name of the newspaper, okay. um, but it was, so throughout the video, there's some newspaper clips while he's singing. And one of them was a newspaper that was shut down and the owner was run out of town um, because he was uh, talking about racism, calling out racism in the past during the civil rights era. And okay. so they clipped this, and, and uh, I mean, the story is he was running out of town, right? Tried in a small town, they're running out of town. That's the history. Okay, uh, so they're, they're saying, they're showing the history of them running people out for bringing yep. up racism. Okay. Someone being run out gotcha. of town, yeah. So that's what, I, that's what I understand. I don't, yes, I don't know if they would say that. They'd probably spin it. But that is effectively what's being communicated in this video, right? Yes. So it's crazy. It's blatant racism. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's blatant. very... It's it's blatant. It man. took people like, digging. People had to dig to find that to read that even, that was the newspaper and figure that out. So somebody yeah, had to dig. But it's in your face. It's right there in your face. So um, yeah. So try that in a small town. The heart behind that song. I think it's a dark heart. I think there's some. I think there's some evil in in the intent. And the funny thing is, so when you put that 
and play that over the background of the of the Alabama brawl video. Uh, we got to see what I mean. Montgomery's not that small of a town, but you know, you know, we got to see what happens when a community uh-huh. comes together and says you, you tried it and it didn't work out for you. So yeah, so that there's some um, there's some comedy in that in that uh, this song which was used against black people. I think I can say that it was used against black people, uh, was then used by black people over this video of some, some mob justice, quote unquote. Uh, yeah. So there's some comedy. Yeah. There. I agree with everything you said. I forgot to say that. I don't know if it's worth saying, but the, uh, the police chief after the Alabama brawl was saying that uh, this, it, I'm bringing this up cause it's a cultural thing not trying to be political, but it happened like a day after there was a Trump rally in Montgomery or or at least Alabama right there. And so he was kind of, and he brought it up. He was saying like, you know, it, who knows they could have been, no, very easily the culture was riled up and, and not even just riled up, but feeling that permissive, uh, like, Oh, we're good. Like we got our guy, man. Like, yeah, our yep. leaders right here in town. Like we got the uh, right, and that's where that audacity comes from. Um, that yeah. emboldening frame of mind to think there's not going to be any repercussions to these acts. Um, yeah, that happens. Okay, trying to small town. I think I don't. There, I would love to hear a coherent case for how this is not an anti-black, even yeah, pro-lynching. Yeah, me too. Song. That I didn't know what you just said about that newspaper yeah, guy. That was, that was very helpful. But, yeah, but the, yeah. the video is is filmed at the courthouse where, and this is, I don't officially know this is the actual intent. It's tough to not think it was, but it was filmed at a, the courthouse or a courthouse in Tennessee where, um, which has all kinds of things that they're tripping on, um, where they lynch black people, like yeah. hung people there. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's that and okay look here's here's the chorus for anybody that so this song try, called try that small town by jason aldean it was one of the most played i get some people First might listen some people might listen it's not a very good song it's, it's no. just not musically good like well, he i don't really like country song. so okay yeah, yeah. but it's bad for a country song <laughs> like okay yeah jason ahead. aldean i'm not a country guy but jason aldean he's about as big as they come um one of the most highway stream songs when it was coming out it was huge I, I I listened to it a couple of times. So I'm not saying it wasn't it wasn't headline. So I, I I know that some people just listened to it to see what it said, not because they necessarily liked it, but it was huge. I'll just say that made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Here's the cor- Here's just the chorus. Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Round here, we take care of our own. You cross that line, it won't take long for you to find out. I recommend you don't try that in a small town. That's the chorus. Yeah, that's, a, um, that's the worst part. Those lyrics verse, are so painful. You know, verse, verse one, sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk, carjack an old lady at a red light, <clears throat> pull a gun on an owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool? Well, at the fool, if you like, cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag, and light it up. You think, you think you're tough. Those are, you know, specific things, talking about all the you know, protesting, stuff like that. Just this, this get up boy mentality or get over here and I'll show you how to behave language. Got a gun that my granddad gave me. So there's that, you know, uh, cultural familial element. We take care of our own. Mm -hmm. They say one day they're going to round up. Well, that um, stuff might find the city. Good luck. 
Um, I paraphrase a little bit and just keep this a family friendly episode. Um, might find the city. So good luck. So essentially uh, he's daring black people to come to his small town and say anything about, uh, race. Um, full of good old boys raised up. Right. If you're looking for a fight, try that in a small town is the bridge. My question is, what is a good, good old boy? What is a good old boy? Is that you really, you don't, you don't know? (laughs) Well, I've got to, so I've got to look it up, right? So this is the definition of a good old boy. Go ahead. A man who embodies some or all of the qualities considered characteristic of many white men of the Southern U.S., including unpretentious, uh, convivial manner, conservative or intolerant attitudes and strong sense of fellowship with and loyalty to other members of his oh. peer group. So that's what the dictionary Oxford, okay. Oxford, that's Oxford definition of good old boy. I appreciate that. Right. Yeah. So it ties it to Southern roots, white Southern man. Um, uh, it says intolerant attitudes. That's not, you know, shining the best light on that phrase. But um, when I hear good old boy, I don't think of like, Oh, someone who's going to like John Mark. Or someone who's kind of like David, uh-huh. right? Oh. <laughs> you know, I think I think of some intolerant attitude. So um, I'm not saying that's what everybody who uses it thinks when they say it, but um, but culturally, it's got different people react to that differently in different cultures, similar to the Confederate flag. You know, mm-hmm. some people are like it's heritage, not hate, and then other people are like, yeah, that is a uh, hate symbol similar to um, a swastika. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, you were, you, you can keep going with the lyrics. I just wanted to define good old boy. Oh, I mean, that was most of them. Um, yeah. I was trying to look up Jason Aldean's response. Cause he, he posted a response to people giving him backlash and uh, even trying to look, look at it through an objective lens. It's just, it's nearly impossible for me to take seriously. Yeah. Um, it's not pulling up, but essentially he leaned into, no, I can't believe people would think this is racist. Um, I, I, it's just just about my family's culture and, and taking care of our own and stuff like that. And even at best taking him at his word, it's just like, well, okay. Your culture is really problematic. So it's okay. Like that's, it is okay for you to have your grandfather's gun. It's okay for you to defend people who are being abused. Um, nobody should be sucker punching anybody on a sidewalk yeah. or carjacking an old lady or pulling a gun. Well, you're not, you're store, not a, uh, yeah. You shouldn't cuss out cops or, you know, the flag. I mean, that's freedom of speech, right? <laughs> so, so, but, but those things, he starts off with things that shouldn't happen in a society. Right. Um, but then like with the, when you pair it with the music video and you get down to the good old boy line, it just, it picks up something that is nefarious uh, within the culture that he's, he's speaking about. So there are, there are redeemable parts of this song, right? Defend people who are your neighbors, care for them, right? Um, you know the people in your town, so you know who you want to love them. They're like extended family, right? So yeah, you're going to do whatever you need to to make sure your family's good and safe and, and cared for. Um, but then also, the history with that is... Uh, um, there were signs on a lot of these small towns that said, if your butt is black, get back, which means um, by the end of the day, 
come in and do your business, but you better be out by night or you're not going to make it out in the morning, right? That's that type of attitude. That is a small town attitude, right? So you can't, you can't make a song that says, try that in a small town in the context of America with that being the history of small uh, towns in America and be like, Oh yeah, I'm not racist. You, you, it's, it's, Oh, he's proud. It's um, too much to think the best is ignorance. It's total ignorance of history, but that can be true with the newspaper clipping in his video. No, he's not ignorant. Standing in front of the courthouse. He's not ignorant. He's not yeah. ignorant. He's, he's too, he's too aware. You know, he, try that. And that might work in the city, but you don't do that. Yep. You don't, it's essentially, he's got like his, his, uh, a picture of a little kid wearing his little sheriff badge and shooting a cap gun. Yep. He's, he's like, I'm the yep. sheriff now. Like, he's like, I'm taking yep. this into my hands because I'm the sheriff of my little town. Uh, and yeah. I'm the head of the country folk out here. And we, you know, yeah. we know what to do with people that disrespect the flag. Like that's not disrespecting. The flag is nowhere near. You can do the worst thing you can think <laughs> of to the flag. And it's not, it's not, it's I mean, not anywhere is, close to, to pulling a gun on an old lady. Like this is, this is petty, but we are people who are like, Oh, you got to love the flag. You can't do anything about the flag. Don't disrespect the flag. Our president hugged the flag. Uh, people wear uh, the flag on boxers, uh, swimsuits. Like your butt should not be in the American mm-hmm. flag. Uh, yeah. People have it on napkins and wipe their faces with. Like, uh, so do we love the flag? Are we following the flag code, or is it something casual that people can use? It's not, use? It's not that, that sacred. It's not use? that sacred because I see every day new bumper stickers that have different variations of it. You got the yeah. blue yeah, line yeah, through yeah, it. You got the red line through you it. Can't do got that to the flag. Right. Different kinds of lines through them now. Yeah, do so you like, actually love our country, or yeah. do you love this picture of? Uh, patriotism mm-hmm. of um, nationalism uh, that this song is kind of drumming up within within the people who are enjoying it. That's yeah. the question. Do you love it or do you, <laughs> do you love something else? So, um, okay, his response. I found it. Um, I just got to read okay. some of it to give some context yeah. to put a to put a bow on some of this. Um, in the past twenty four hours, I have been accused of releasing a pro lynching song, a song that has been out since May and was subject to the comparison that I direct quote was not too pleased with the nationwide BLM protests. He tweeted on Tuesday. These references are not only meritless, but dangerous. There's not a single lyric in that song that references race or points to it. And there isn't a single video clip that isn't real news footage. And while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation of a song with music, this goes too far. So it goes too far to accuse him of producing a pro lynching video. Um, so vehemently, vehemently denies not being too pleased with BLM protests. Absolutely not. Like that's okay. Um, not a single lyric in the song that references racer points to it. So I'll just say like, good, so genius. Good old boy. Genius. Good old boy. <laughs> he didn't say white, white guys. He used, right. a, he used a word that means white Southern men. <laughs> right? He's very well versed on how careful he was to not miss yeah. race. He was. It seemed very intentional. Not, as if he was not, out of his way. Not one single not video clip that's yeah. not real news yeah. footage. No one said it wasn't real news footage. Yeah, no one said that. That wasn't one of the complaints. That wasn't, that wasn't the complaint. It's a good, that's a pretty good PR spin that he had on that. Absolutely. Or maybe it's, maybe it's not good because it's so obvious. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so he didn't get away with anything. Yeah. Um, it's enough for his fans to say, oh, it's not a racist song. I'm going to keep listening to it. Yeah. Right. It's enough for that. It's, it's good enough for them. He didn't lose a dollar on it. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was saying because of his pro gun 
gun language in the song. He also, I remember reading this way back a few months ago, but saying he, he used this statement to remind people of the mass shooting he was present at um, in Las Vegas in 2017. Oh, wow. He was there for that. Said that nobody, including him, wants to continue to see senseless headlines or families ripped apart. So he's, not- you know, he was one of the performers at the, at that music, oh, okay. fe- or okay. route 20, route 99 Harvest Country Music Festival in Las Vegas, where the shooting yeah. happened. Um, yeah, that's crazy. so lumping himself in with you know, Eminem has a song about that shooting. Does he? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. It's on his latest album that nobody listened to except for me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Interesting. You know, I, we gotta we gotta we gotta go. But why does all this matter? Like, why did, why do we just do this, John Mark? What are we doing? Yeah. Well, I think that we are calling attention to um, some injustices in our culture, some hidden uh, evils, uh, the evils of racism that um, we still see. Even if people don't realize that that's what's happening, it's important for people to call it out. So whoever found the newspaper clipping in this video, I'm very happy, happy Mm -hmm. to see. You know, it was was helpful to see. Like, I don't have to do that work. Um, The the definition of good old boys, like, Uh I think it's important to – because even if Jason Aldean, for some reason, didn't realize that he put out a song that would be taken this way, I doubt it. Um, it would be good for him to hear that this is how it's taken that way, and these are the reasons. It's reasonable that this would be taken that way. And for the other stories that we talked about today, I think we're calling attention to uh, a theme of racism um, that we see uh, still in America today. So, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think... W- the reason we do all these episodes, um, I want everyone to like, to understand that. Okay, this this might just be of our opinion, but this song, <laughs> this is not just a song. Uh, coach Tuberville is not just a. It wasn't just a football coach. Football is not just football, right? Um, mm-hmm. That incident in Montgomery wasn't just a. a, a an isolated incident. Um, this stuff is interconnected to culture, and I I don't want to uh, bop around to things that are about life and death. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. I, I don't want to just. Well, I, and I'm not saying there's not something problematic about things I'm into. You know, like, uh, I'm not saying I, I don't criticize the NFL because the NBA is perfect, some, some high, perfect moral organization. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm too. not criticizing Alabama because all the uh, northern states are superior. No, but <laughs> we got we that. got yeah, to critique true. some of these things that we see clear as day that are strands yeah. of these common themes that, that are connected to power and connected to life and death for people. Um, these are pro-life things to discuss. Like people, like this stuff affects lives. Like, yeah, coach, a uh, 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 coach Tommy Tuberville going from Alabama, like him bringing up uh, coaching black players make, makes him not racist, and then him trans. He's not the first to do this, but to then transition to a place where he's making decisions for those communities, those people that affecting literally their lives of how their quality of life yeah. is important and is connected to life and death. Um, this song 
is about life and death. It's it uh, peddled by people that share some uh, some of these problematic ways of thinking. Um, yeah, it's connected to, to to the same cultures. Um, but we gotta talk about. It. We gotta call them out, like you said, uh, because it's important. Um, yeah, I, I, I wanted to leave on that kind of note and an active forward thinking note and not just a, let's get on here and bash some bash a bunch of stuff. And that's yeah. it. No, this, this, this should be helpful in somewhat in a weird way, active of like, Oh, we need to be aware of this stuff. Like I, I don't want to sit. This came on in my, my, my pool that we're a member of this song recently towards the end. I was like, ah, man, like, I don't want this just be, you know, playing around and you know my kids are growing up listening to this i don't want you know i don't, I don't want this even a snippet of this in them um i anyway i, I gotta cut myself off because I'll, I'll keep going but uh yeah you guys we gotta uh want to be faithful to call this stuff out and mm-hmm. unpack how we can how we can navigate these these nuances much like we did john mark talking about what does it actually mean to to turn the other cheek um what does accountability look like um we got to have these conversations i think that's kind of the essence of what it looks like to even be free sometimes to be able to have them so um yeah do you want a last word buddy nope i think those are good last words all right we can end on that all right well listeners power to you power to you as always if you made it all the way to the end of this we appreciate you guys um thank you for being patient with us as um we let a couple weeks go by with that episode, but very appreciative of you guys. Um, please remember, if you haven't already, please check out our Patreon page and um, yeah, be part of supporting uh, some really cool things that we're, we're supporting with the podcast money for as little as $1 a month. You can be part of helping us give uh, money to first-generation BIPOC college students to purchase their textbooks each semester. Uh, just this first this fall semester we were able to give away about $400 and so really thankful and proud of that and we want to keep being able to give away more money Um, 100% of all profit goes towards that so please check that out Um, music you're listening to is done by our friend Dylan Dent our artwork is created by Ashley Bush we'll see you guys next time the nightmare might scare you no worse than reality They hunt you by day, y'all rob Arbery Everybody got a time, but that's less than comforting I hope I'm alive by the time they choose to come for me Mosquitoes in the vein, or leeches on my soul This money on my mind is a fracture of my bones You get crippled by continuing existence like a ghost And they wonder why we drink, and they wonder why we smoke And they wonder why we think that everything's a joke I'm shocked that we can sleep, must be the thought of letting go Thank you.